Bill O'Reilly here, Friday, July 31st, last day of the month, 2020. You're listening to the O'Reilly Update. Here's what's happening today in America. Professional sports slowly returning to the country after months of chaos. Teams and fans still trying to figure out how to bring back the games without spreading COVID. So here's how things are shaping up. First Major League Baseball, well, made it a week before the virus hit the Miami Marlins. At least 14 tested positive for the contagion, forcing the Yankees, Orioles, and Phillies to postpone games with the Marlins. Officials introducing new rules to speed up the games, the baseball games, like placing a runner at second base in extra innings so it doesn't go on and on and on. Now to the NFL. Football set to kick off September 10th in Kansas City. At least six players on the New England Patriots are refusing to play, and they have that right. The league and the union agreed that anyone considered high risk for COVID can sit out the season while still earning $350,000 for the season. Basketball returned this week. 22 teams competing in the so-called bubble. The NBA relocating all athletes and staff to Disney World in Orlando, where everyone is isolated in hotels on the property. No fans are allowed to watch the games. They'll be on TV, of course, and that's what this is all about, TV revenue. But players from other teams can watch the games because they've been bubbleized. Hockey returns August 1st, tomorrow. The NHL suspended its season nearly 150 days ago. 2014 postseason tournament will determine who heads to the Stanley Cup playoffs. The league is holding the competition in two cities, Toronto and Edmonton, Canada. The empty arenas will actually make the sport more interesting for viewers at home. The NHL is doubling the number of cameras typically used to create new angles for the fans. Again, TV revenue. Americans definitely ready to focus on something other than COVID and politics. More than 4 million folks tuned into baseball's opening night, shattering the previous record. Sports is a good diversion, a worthy thing for America. We need it. In a moment, listeners, sound off. Right back with it. Support for this podcast comes from Wild Turkey Kentucky Straight Bourbon Whiskey. Let's tune in to their one-on-one with Jamal, a real bartender from Old Fourth Ward in Atlanta. I'm making you old-fashioned today with Wild Turkey Bourbon 101. It just really stands up very well in a classic cocktail like the old-fashioned. It has that perfect boldness. Wild Turkey. Wild Turkey Distilling Company, Lawrenceburg, Kentucky. Copyright 2020, Campari, American, New York, New York. Never compromise, drink responsibly. Time now for the O'Reilly Update message of the day. Listeners, sound off. We do this every Friday. You can reach me, Bill, at BillOReilly.com. Bill at BillOReilly.com. Just shoot off a note, and I could read your letter. Let's go to Kathleen, San Antonio, Texas. Clearly, the chairman of the House Judiciary Committee is delusional when he said the riots in Portland, Oregon are a, quote, myth. Well, you'd be talking about uh, Congressman Jerry Nadler from New York. And Mr. Nadler is not delusional. He is just a 
fanatical, and I mean that literally, partisan. So Nadler knows, and all the members of the Democratic Party know, that violent protests are not helping the Dems. They're not going to help Joe Biden win the presidency. So the issue is to downplay them. Now, Nadler, of course, takes it to the extreme by calling it a myth. Well, we have eyes, Congressman. We can see. Let's go to Judy in Jackson, New Jersey. I think Attorney General Barr, the hearing, was an attempt to discredit him. And the reason is, if he is defamed, then the Durham report might not mean as much. Well, you're on to something, Judy. The Durham report is the investigation by the Justice Department about Russian collusion and the phony FBI warrants. And it's going to be embarrassing to the Democratic Party and to the media. Going to really embarrass the media. Now, the word is that the Justice Department will release some of its findings and maybe indictments because there were laws broken before Labor Day. But you never know about these things because it is, the Durham report, a direct attack on the swamp. And the FBI is part of the swamp. Joe in Las Vegas, Nevada. The president should call out Joe Biden in public to sit down for interviews with people like you, Bill. If he cannot answer tough questions, how can he run a country? Well, a lot of politicians, Joe, dodge tough interviews. I don't expect Joe Biden to sit down with me or anybody who would challenge him. He's already turned down Chris Wallace. Biden basically is coasting and he's staying away from any confrontations. He's in his house. You know, he's a COVID risk guy, so I don't blame him. But he could do virtual interviews from his basement, but he's not going to do it unless he has to. The real telltale here are the three debates. So a lot of people say, well, Biden's not going to show up. He has to show up. I think he'd lose the election if he didn't show up. But um, Donald Trump's got to be disciplined in those debates. But they are going to be very important. Tim is in Charlotte, North Carolina. I must disagree with you, Bill, on support for BLM signs, banners, etc. The Black Lives Matter organization and the slogan, for the most part, are based on a false narrative. I'm not going to buy into the false narrative on Black Lives Matter and protesting police brutality toward people of color. I think those protests are valid. But the Black Lives Matter organization, you're absolutely right, Tim, is a Marxist outfit that wants to overthrow the United States of America. I'm Bill O'Reilly, and I approve that message by actually putting it together. Please go to BillOReilly.com for honest coverage and join our Stand Up for America campaign. In a moment, something you might not know. Support for this podcast comes from Dropbox Business. Think about the people you work with. You're all supremely different, which is why Dropbox designed a new workspace where whatever works best for you works best for your team, where every file and app connect. Tasks not only assign work, but also help organize it, where you can create new decks, spreadsheets, and even launch video calls without ever needing to leave your workspace. That's Dropbox Business, a space for teamwork your way. Visit dropbox.com slash teams at work for a 30-day free trial. Now the O'Reilly Update brings you something you might not know. In 1966, the Beatles were the most popular band in America. The Fab Four already had 12 number one hits here, 
and more than 30 tunes in the top 10. Of course, they were from England. That all changed with just one sentence. In March of 66, John Lennon told a London reporter, quote, we're more popular than Jesus now. Lennon also said, quote, Christianity will go. It will vanish and shrink. I needn't argue about that. I'm right, and I'll be proved right, unquote. He was wrong. Now, fans in America, at least some of them, erupted at the blasphemy. When the Beatles hit the road that summer, 1966, protests followed them everywhere, particularly in the Deep South. In Alabama, radio stations refused to play Beatles songs. Local disc jockeys Doug Layton and Tommy Charles initiated the statewide Beatle boycott. People publicly burned their records, posters, concert tickets in town squares. A prominent preacher in Birmingham labeled Lennon the, quote, devil incarnate, saying no true Christian should listen to Satan's music. Lennon himself eventually issued multiple apologies, quote, in reference to England, we meant more to kids than Jesus did, or religion at that time. I wasn't knocking it or putting it down, I was just saying it as a fact. And it's more true for England than here, meaning the USA." Unquote. John Lennon's comments even prompted death threats and forced the band to conceal their travel schedule as they toured the USA. And here's something else you might not know. The fallout from Lennon's interview was so bad that the band never toured again. According to their manager, the group was deeply scarred from their experience in Alabama. The Beatles' final show of the 66 USA tour was in San Francisco, and it was the last time the Beatles ever took the stage for a live concert anywhere. The group would release five more records before breaking up three years later. Back after this. Hey, y'all, it's your girl, Shangela, and I want to invite you to Hallelujah Happy Hour. Every week, honey, I'm shaking up a cocktail, making a playlist, and hanging with friends. Okay, let's spill. You're going to tell that you are messy. Oh, he's so hot. I'm into him. Is he listening to this? And it's going to be what? Sickening. Follow Hallelujah Happy Hour and listen for free on Spotify. Thank you for listening to the O'Reilly Update. I am Bill O'Reilly. No spin, just facts, and always looking out for you. 